that this shall not happen again. During the past weeks, Mr. Churchill and I have been in constant conference with the leaders of our combined fighting forces. We have been in constant communication with our fighting allies, Russian and Chinese, who are prosecuting the war with relentless determination and with conspicuous success on far distant fronts. And Mr. Churchill and I are here together in Washington at this crucial moment. We have seen the satisfactory fulfillment of plans that were made in Casablanca last January and here in Washington last May. And lately, we have made new, well-considered plans for the future. But throughout these conferences, we have never lost sight of the fact that this war will become bigger and tougher rather than easier during the long months that are to come. This war does not and must not stop for one single instant. Your fighting men know that. Those of them who are moving forward through jungles against lurking Japs those who are landing at this moment in barges moving through the dawn up the strange enemy coasts, those who are diving their bombers down on the target at rooftop level at this moment, every one of these men knows that this war is a full-time job and that it will continue to be that until total victory is won. And by the same token, every responsible leader in all the United Nations knows that the fighting goes on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that any day lost may have to be paid for in terms of months added to the duration of the war. Every campaign, every single operation in all the campaigns that we plan and carry through must be figured in terms of staggering material costs. We cannot afford to be niggardly with any of our resources, for we shall need all of them to do the job that we have put our shoulder to. Your fellow Americans have given a magnificent account of themselves on the battlefields and on the oceans and in the skies all over the world. Now it is up to you to prove to them that you are contributing your share and more than your share. It is not sufficient simply to put into war bonds money which we would normally save. We must put into war bonds money which we would not normally save. Only then have we done everything that good conscience demands. So it is up to you up to you, the Americans in the American homes, the very homes which our sons and daughters are working and fighting and dying to preserve. I know I speak for every man and woman throughout the Americas when I say that we Americans will not be satisfied to send our troops into the fire of the enemy with equipment inferior in any way, nor will we be satisfied to send our troops with equipment only equal to that of the enemy. 
We are determined to provide our troops with overpowering superiority, superiority of quantity and quality. in any and every category of arms and armaments that they may conceivably need. And where does this odd dominating power come from? Why, it can come only from you. The money you lend and the money you give in taxes buys that death-dealing and at the same time life-saving power that we need for victory. This is an expensive war Expensive in money. You can help it. You can help to keep it at a minimum cost in lives. The American people will never stop to reckon the cost of...